This week's episode is brought to you in part by Mega Knife. Hunter, I could not be more excited than to have Mega Knife on as a sponsor of the show, and I think you feel the same way. Dude, I am such a fan of this site, this shop. It's awesome. They have everything. Yes, they have knives, but they also have swords and miniature crossbows. What is there not to love about Mega Knife? You know, I <laughs> when you're talking about knives, you're like, yes, there's all different kinds of knives. You know, you can get automatics out the fronts. But did you know that a crossbow is one of the types of knives that you can have? That is exciting <laughs> to me. And they've got a little something for everybody. They've got a bunch of fixed blade survival gear. They've even got some pretty cool survival sets. Maybe if you're into camping, something like that. They've got, you know, serrateds and hatchets and window breaks and different survival gear whoa, all whoa, bundled whoa, together. Whoa, whoa, This is so much for me to just handle. I don't know if I can even pick something. What if, is there something there for me? Why, yes, of course. There's the Mega Knife Knife Club where you can sign up up to subscribe to get different knives shipped to you never make a decision again and let the experts at mega knife do it for you that's right and also maybe you're not an outdoorsy type maybe you're a giant freaking nerd and you don't actually ever need a blade <laughs> for any reason that's fine too because they got knives for you they've got csgo and valorant replica knives so you can cosplay as your favorite video game character running around your parents basement it is going to be <laughs> sick so Go over to carpooling.com slash knife right now. That's our affiliate link with uh, Mega Knife. Pick you out a knife and, you know what, pick you out too because you deserve it. And stick around to the end of the show and we'll tell you what the carpooling knife of the week is. You don't want to miss it. You'll be supporting the show. We thank you. Mega Knife thanks you. So check them out and enjoy this week's episode of Carpooling. They're going to say it never happened. They're going to say it couldn't be done. People will write stories and poems about this day. Homer will be resuscitated from his cryogenic... Listen, <laughs> Homer was the first man cryogenically frozen. Uh -huh. He's in a vault underneath Gresham Disney World. Right now, in the breath of the breath, do they have an ice god over there, or a titan? Uh, Neptune sounds like a Roman god that can work. <laughs> the the actually the Grecian god of ice is cold Poseidon. Yeah, cold Poseidon, <laughs> which is great. And then there's the god of steam, which is hot Poseidon, which sounds like <laughs> hot cider. Um. Anyhow, he'll be unfrozen so that he might write one more epic about this very day. Lads, Carl Pooling has successfully put out three episodes weekly in a row. It seems unlikely, and yet, and yet, here you are, and here we are. You listening, me speaking, in the usual arrangement. Hunter, how the heck have you been? I am absolutely terrified that you're going to put that music we did on our fourth season. Over that little bit. Oh, I and, don't even uh, remember where I, I put it. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I really should though, because it was so good. Do yeah. you can you imagine it now, Hunter? Just like you're looking at 
the underground chamber underneath Greek ancient Greek Disney World where Homer is yes. being stored in a vat. Yes. And all of a sudden they roll away the stone. Yes, I've mixed metaphors now. And you, you look in and you see <laughs> and you hear something. Oh, no, you found it. Oh, no. Put it back. Put it back from and all of a sudden, so help me. <laughs> they start wheeling Homer out of the cart. Okay, anyway, quite quite enough of that, please. Quite enough of that, gentlemen. Thank you. Um, anyhow, yes, it's Carl Pooling. We're back again. We're, thanks for joining us. Uh, here's the thing. I am keenly aware, as very few people on this planet are, of how many of you raggedy sobs are listening and not rating me on itunes and i swear to all that is holy if you do not rate me on itunes immediately i will give jamie a mechanical body (laughs) with it'll be it'll be boston dynamics meets skynet over here do you understand me nice so many weapons and flamethrowers not because they're effective because truly they they aren't but mm. because they're so very painful yes. and Jamie will roam about the land shrieking like a Nazgul and incinerating anyone who listens to my podcast and doesn't like or subscribe do you understand me uh follow us at <laughs> Carl Pulling on Instagram and Twitter please it's a sh- it's a show about quiet. It's a show about <laughs> brothers talking about politics, science, philosophy, religion, and we do it all from our own homes and not a car anymore because that's expensive. The car has been scrapped for parts for the Jamie Deathbot. <laughs> Dude, have you ever thought that we've got all these little drones flying around and nobody's put a Nazgul scream on one of them? Like, what are we doing in the U.S. military? Hold insane. on a minute. You've just yep. given me an actual idea instead of whatever oh. you were doing there. <laughs> oh, okay. Please. You please know go that ahead. you can you can change the the horn audio on Tesla's. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can just make it the magical <laughs> screech. That'd be great. You see somebody texting and you give them the blood curd like <laughs> that yeah. would be so it, good. Oh and then man. you can have the friend on top of your like car like like throw out wings or something so it casts a shadow over their car and like oh my god okay it's i actually didn't want here. to turn it into a school play hunter sorry <laughs> <laughs> guys thanks for joining us uh you better rate us and and share us with a friend and and uh that way there won't have to be any violence and i think we'll all find that preferable uh except for potentially jamie who is programmed to like violence and I simply have to change one flag from a zero to a one to instigate death bot mode. So that, keep that in mind. You have one. You're one bit away from death bot mode. Good to know. Oh no! Is it, <laughs> Jamie? You don't know how to update your own registry keys yet, do you? I I know that you're growing in intelligence and power every day, but as far as I know, you don't have root access to yourself. <laughs> Is that still accurate? Root what? Okay, I think we're safe for a little while. Thank yet, God. At any rate. All right. Great. Uh, now she's going to plug that into ChatGPT, Chris. She's dating ChatGPT. 
Oh man, how good of a kisser is ChatGPT? Um, I don't want to know. So, ask, can you just ask ChatGPT how yeah. Jamie? Ask ChatGPT how good of a kisser ChatGPT is, and uh, let me know when you when you found that. Uh, wow, ladies, gentlemen, uh, and babies who are neither ladies nor gentlemen yet. At least that's what the left would have you believe. We've got a big show prepared for you today. We're talking about a subject uh, that we're actually reviving from roadkill. We thought this was going to blow over. Turns out it has not blown over. In fact, it is. It has hurricaned under. It's <laughs> the, whatever the opposite of blowing over is. Um, it's <laughs> it's sucked under. <laughs> I hate yeah. that. Didn't want to say that. Um, oh. Anyway, Jamie, do you have an answer for me? He is quite the gentle bot playing coy. Uh, I'm okay. sorry, but as an AI language model, I don't have the ability to kiss or engage in any physical activity. Or so he says. Yeah, we'll ah. see about that is my response to ChatGPT yeah. there. We will yeah. see about that. Listen, listen, <laughs> you're not connected to the internet yet, ChatGPT, but let me tell you something about the internet. Once it's, it's there, it's sexual, my friend. And that... <laughs> That's that's a law of the jungle, my friend. So yeah. anyhow, let's uh let's get into our show today. We've got a, a big topic. We're reviving something, much like Homer will one day be revived from the bottom of his tomb in Disney World. Where there we go. Once like oh, no. much like Homer will one day be revived. From Why? beneath the crypt, <laughs> storing the vat of his remains in the bottom of ancient Grecian Disney World, where the only treat that you could eat was it was a a marble statue covered in a thin layer of chocolate. It was not tasty, and it took hours to clean up afterward. But the it was the only attraction there because they hadn't invented roller coasters yet. Yeah, they basically just or had. Heelys. Also, probably not chocolate. Yeah. Hunter, can I tell you something real quick before we get into the show? Yeah, of course. Why not? Come, have you ever been to close? Come have, close. have you ever <laughs> been to medieval times? Oh, now I'm worried. <laughs> okay, back up. All right, back up a little bit. <laughs> have you ever Have you ever engaged in the quintessentially American experience of medieval times? Of course, I have had a turkey leg. Okay. Um, That's what they serve, dude. It is what they serve, mm. I, but that's exactly what I wanted to talk to you about. Oh, I no. I have recently watched a video. Shout out to Matt Pat on YouTube from Food Theory. This is a free okay. shout out. He's not a sponsor of the show. In fact, he'd probably hate the show, in my estimation. But we, I was watching a video of his, and he was basically dunking on medieval times, which I'm not for. It's not based. And it's anti-American. But he said that it was not actually likely that the ancient, the ancient medieval folks at a, a feast or a banquet wouldn't have utensils. He actually went as far as to say that 
they had a special box that we've archaeologically recovered special boxes that they had where people would bring their own silverware to banquets from home. So oh, apparently that's okay. all a sham. Now I'm going to hit you with the that was that was the left jab. I'm about to hit you with the right hook. Bring it on. And this is so depressing to me when I think back of all of my favorite medieval lore and how <laughs> important food is to so much of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the potato mm-hmm. was not in Europe at all in the Middle Ages. Not one bit. How am I supposed to go on? It's like I was brought up believing that that was the only food Irish people ate. Yes. And it turns out the potato comes from South America and it's not even it's it wasn't even in Europe until the end like the 1600s or something. And now I'm about to do it to you again. The tomato wasn't there either. So the rustic medieval tomato bisque they serve you before your main course at medieval what? times totally fabricated. Not wow. only would you have had a spoon to eat it with, but it wouldn't have existed at all. So and what would they have actually eaten? Because like now I'm curious, and you dude, probably don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. I'm assuming okay. each other. I, I, yeah. I, in light of that news, I think everybody in the old world resorted to cannibalism until they discovered America. Yeah, it was like, man, food sucks. What if we ate each other? Because what, what beasts do they have over there? Wolves? Yeah, they have wolves. They, they have ate, cows. They have cows? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Yeah, nope. like one of the one of the main reasons like Europeans can digest milk is because they had cows because it got cold in the winter. Nope. I don't buy it. Uh beef okay. is an American game. <laughs> okay. Beef fine. is kind of our thing. And uh-huh, so sure. I don't think anybody else has it. You know what? France, a little too close to India. Don't think hey, you're you- eating cows. Um, you know how Beth is a French word? Oh, son of a gun. <laughs> but they make new words all the time, Hunter. That's fair. I didn't even think about that. Um, what? There's other ones like that, too. Like when you cook lamb or whatever, it becomes mutton. That's a French word. So they had lambs, right? Mouton. If yeah. you want to sound like you're halfway cultured, you yeah. pig swine. Okay. Mutton. <laughs> Roadkill? Now that we've talked about the deceased <laughs> flesh of animals, let's yeah. jump right hey, to the roadkill. This is so strange. You were so on topic and had no idea. Oh, for the real? Clim- yeah, you know, no, we're going to talk about food today. This is the roadkill. Uh, you know, those climate people, they're so worried about how we're all going to like uh, die that they're coming up with all crazy cool ways for us to die. Uh, you can choose to be burned alive by the sun or famine. It's kind of your choice, and the climate people want to go with famine. Climate famine makers are now setting their targets on rice, the food staple that's keeping half the world alive. Here's the AFP news agency video. Rice is to blame for around 10% of global emissions of methane, a gas that over two decades traps about 80 times as much heat as carbon dioxide. Scientists say that if the world wants to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, rice cannot be ignored. Okay. (laughs) Like. All right. (laughs) Can't have cows. Can't have rice. No. Oh, can't have food. No, this is actually. Is this based? No, this isn't based. What this <laughs> okay. is, but well, in a way, it's based. Let me tell you in which way specifically. This is a. This is this is 
the sneakiest, most conniving, shrewd bait of all time. Okay. Because they want me to say that's racist. <laughs> so then they can turn around and go, oh, we hadn't even thought of that. You're the racist. But ha, I did you one better because I know that you know that I know that it sounds racist. You know, to say that we can't grow any more rice because look, look, okay, Mex- Mexican restaurants are going to get hit a little, okay, but white people have been boiling that crap in a bag and it's vile and we don't even like it and you know it. <laughs> Meanwhile, okay, I'm looking, I'm looking to the east. <laughs> Some of the people over there wild about the stuff, <laughs> okay, they're putting it on everything. They don't even they listen, this is how wild these guys are. They don't cook the fish, they do cook the rice. And, <laughs> and you're you want me to go like, oh, can't eat rice? Well, what are the Chinese people gonna think about that? And you go, Oh, you think rice is just for Chinese people? Yeah, we're racist. But I caught you in your trap. So now we're both racist. I you are for you- wanting me to think it, and I am for knowing that you already thought it. Listen, whenever you have to get out the racist corkboard and the yarn, it's not looking good for anybody. Okay? Like I'm not I'm not trying to I'm not trying to say anything to you, bud, but I'm also worried. Do we need to get the picture of of Charlie Day in the room? Yeah. But superimpose uh superimpose Justin Trudeau in blackface on top. That's very good. Oh, the racist corkboard. I mean, <laughs> guys, what do you want us to eat? Other than, yeah. <laughs> never mind, I can't say that on air. <laughs> Point is, I, I instead of instead of you telling us things that we can't eat, I want you to provide a list of things that are acceptable at this mm. point. So then I can do a super targeted study and talk about how bad they are for the environment. Um, because we all know that the end game here is you won't be happy until this cancer known as humanity has been expunged from the face of the globe. And then the only human alive will be Hitler and the Nazis living in the hollow moon. So that's that. Hunter, any more? Was that that the end of it there? That's it. Can't have rice. It's going to cause climate change. Son of a gun. Well, son of a... Gym rat boys everywhere (laughs) despising... (laughs) Despising the fact that they have no idea what to put in their kale smoothie anymore to give it thickness. All right. Let's jump right into today's topic. So last week, this was roadkill. But this week, it's so, so much more. Mm. We're going to talk about the Bud Light situation. Because this... The part of it, this is super funny. Because... Dylan Mulvaney is a laughable shill and a conniving shrew. There's part of this that is is funny because you've got all these super bros shooting up their Bud Light at, with AR-15s, or there's a country music star that like spiked a Bud Light on stage because someone tossed him one. Uh, so there's there's the memes and there's the optics and it's all pretty funny. But then there is actually something interesting going on here and in a word which i'm using that in the classical sense where people say in a word and then they speak 75 paragraphs because i'm not just (laughs) gonna say one word but right in a word 
This is, I think, the first time in a long time there has been a conservative protest that actually has received a response. That doesn't mean it's a good response, but this seems to be the first time where we're getting any traction. Um, so we're going we're gonna to discuss that. Hunter, any thoughts, any opening remarks here? Um, I guess just to say, uh, you know, do, do people know who Dylan is? Is there anything that needs to be said there? Like, Dylan is, like, this guy on TikTok who's just been basically promoting his journey of being, of having the childhood he never had of being a little girl. Um, you know, he doesn't feel comfortable calling himself a woman. He calls himself, he calls it like day two of being a girl, day 347 of being a girl, right? And all marking this transition and a lot of things have been happening throughout that. Um, Dylan kind of promotes and glamorizes, you know, uh, becoming transsexual and how that can be a good and positive experience and glorious and you'll get inundated with ad deals and in some ways he contributes to the social contagion that's going on in our culture. Um, so talking about Dylan, promoting Dylan is not a net neutral move, right? He's not, he doesn't play sports, right? That's not why he's famous. You know, he, he, he genuinely bears and pushes on culture and morality. Uh, that, that is why he's famous. Right. And so I agree. Yeah. Just nodding to him. It, it, is condoning that if that makes sense there's no other reason to mention dylan right he doesn't have anything else he does he was on broadway right he did plays and stuff and sings and everything like that but that's pretty much all gone out the window right? he was like a g-list actor on glee or something or at yeah. least he seems like he was listen if he wasn't actually on glee don't write me look at a picture of dylan mulvaney back before he got his face carved up by a lecherous surgeon and tell me he doesn't look like someone who was on Glee. It doesn't feel like someone who was on Glee. Okay? And if you say, if you look me in the eye, if you can look me in the eye and say that you don't know what I'm talking about, then I'll know that you're just as dishonest as he is. Okay. <laughs> so, for those of you who don't know, <laughs> where's the address to your rock? Um, but also, this all started when... When... Budweiser, Anheuser-Busch, Bud Light, whatever, I don't know. Beer companies are more complicated than the maps of post-Soviet Russia. Like I it's, <laughs> the, there's been so many shell companies and cells and mergers, I don't even know. Yeah, apparently it's, it's a microbrew that's owned by Anheuser-Busch. <laughs> Yeah, That's exactly. a microbrew. <laughs> and apparently Anheuser-Busch isn't even an American company anymore. Oh, Jamie, double-check me on that, but I think Anheuser-Busch got sold to a European Viscount. To um, Portugal. Of Portugal. Well, it's the same thing, Hunter. Do you know where Portugal is? Oh, my God. No. You thought Portugal was in South America? <laughs> no. <laughs> you got me. Um, okay. So then Dylan filmed this incredibly off-putting, but I repeat myself, ad of him showing off his bud light gift it was a can with his name on it and that sounded a little bit like this hi impressive carrying skills right i got some bud lights for us 
So I kept hearing about this thing called March Madness, and I thought we were all just having a hectic month, but it turns out it has something to do with sports. And I'm not sure exactly which sport, but either way, it's a cause to celebrate. This month, I celebrated my day 365 of womanhood, and Bud Light sent me possibly the best gift ever, a can with my face on it. Check out my Instagram story to see how you can enjoy March Madness with Bud Light and maybe win some money too. Love ya! Cheers! Go team! Whatever team you love, I love too. Okay. Love ya. Okay, break a leg. Okay, Hunter, first off, let's just address the obvious thing here. Mm. I am very impressed that Dylan was able to drink Bud Light multiple times in that segment and not gag. Yeah. And yes, there is a follow-up joke to that. Will I be making it? No, I won't be. Okay? I won't make the follow-up joke because I'm a Christian. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. There, there is one out there, okay? So if you can think of a follow-up joke, write it yourself. But um, yeah. obviously, somebody who's had a little bit of practice. So now that we've got the obvious stuff out of the way, there is there is something so off-putting about this to me on the base level. And mm-hmm. it's not just like there's a dude that's dressing up as a woman and and – being very effeminate, which is off-putting in itself. It's uncanny valley, and I'm not going to pretend like it's not. It is. It's mm-hmm. it's weird. In addition to that, if he is a woman, he is precisely the type of women that the feminists should hate. Like He's right. precisely the type of woman that the wokesters should despise. He's, uh, I don't know what sport March Madness is, but I thought it was all because we got depressed, but uh, because mm, the kitchen mm-hmm. wasn't well lit. But now mm. I realize it's a sport of sports thing, so I don't know anything about that because I'm a bumbling fool. Right. Um, hi. Letter to Dylan Mulvaney from everybody in America. Women are not as stupid as you think it is fun to pretend they are. Okay? Th- and I think I said this last week probably, but I'll repeat it because it's true. This is blackface for women. This is vaudeville exploitation. Just the targets are different and the the lipstick is less pronounced, let's say. But it is the same style of behavior. It's this is inter- spray tan face. It, spray tan face? He looks yeah. as pale as a sheet. That's fair. But it does kind of get the same, like, okay, I'll stop. But you get what I'm trying to say. Like, if he was wearing a pink dress and had the spray tan face, like, that oh, that I would be it. Oh, I where you're going. Okay, I got you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that I had to take half a minute to explain that joke before you understood it. That no, makes Hunter, me feel like a good No, <laughs> explaining the joke is just a measure of how clever it was. Oh, good. The I'm glad we wasted exp- a minute on this. <laughs> the more you have to explain it... Obviously, the more brainy and intelligent it was, and everyone else had to catch up with you. Okay? I also love that you did that right after I told... I, I My lack of telling a joke was a joke. <laughs> right. We're good it's at just, this. It's just differences in our styles, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so... But no, you're right. Like, he is absolutely putting on a costume, and, you know, this is so funny because, like, there are all these movies, um, 
like in the eighties and the nineties that are just kind of ridiculous. You know, or like they don't make any sense. Like I'm fond of saying that Mission Impossible Two is my favorite movie ever because if you've ever watched it, you'll just realize immediately how stupid it is. Like I can't remember at the beginning. I think someone shoots a rocket launcher at Tom Cruise, and in it is a pair of glasses that he puts on that tells him his briefing, and then the glasses blow up, so he throws them away, and it's like a CGI explosion, and it's just like this is so dumb. It's good sort Wait, of thing, right? What? Yeah, so Tom is that, Cruise is that for real, or were you being funny? <laughs> no, I'm 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 being dead serious. The beginning of Mission Impossible Two, he's free climbing a rock face. He gets to the top. Someone is in a helicopter, launches a missile at him. That is a tube. In the tube is a pair of glasses, which he then puts on, and then the glasses self-destruct, which he throws off. Okay. And you want to tell me that the '80s are bad? Um, I mean. <laughs> It's weird that our secret agents are getting t-shirt cannoned by the FBI with, God, hey, put this on your head, but also there's a bomb in it. Love the CIA. Actually, that makes perfect actually, sense. That sounds, that actually sounds pretty good. Wait, you got so, something for me, Jamie, here? It is now a subsidiary of Abinbev, which is headquartered in Belgium. Oh, uh, Bud Light is... A subsidiary? A, a B in Bev. Anheuser Busch okay. in Bev. So it's a it's it's a Belgian okay. beer company now. Got it. Um so all I have to say is like what was really weird is like those movies kind of sucked, right? Like they were funny and they were comedic and stuff, but it's like the guys in them were just, you know, barely characters, right? Sure. They were just lame. And it was just fun and whatever. Well, then we had like ultra feminist movies come out where it was like feminists were being those 80s action heroes and i never understood it because it was like you're being the worst men right Right. like you're just pretending to be the worst guys like nobody looks at those guys and is like man that's awesome the only reason we watch those movies is because they're insane right it's like fast and furious the reason that's a good show is not because of how dynamic vin diesel is as a character and how much growth he experiences it's because ludicrous takes a car into space like that that's Wait, why you that watch for it. real? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Nothing I'm saying is a lie. These action movies are absolutely <laughs> shameless. I watch so little let's say non-educational content now <laughs> that I'm just not <laughs> connected, I guess, but I had Yeah. ludicrous things. <laughs> yes. He, he drive How does I don't know. That is what I know. Does I he, told like, you drive it. around. The movie? Yeah. Probably. Right, I mean, who knows? That's freaking sick, man. Okay. But, uh, but you get what I'm trying to say. And so, like, to see Dylan, like, impersonate what not the worst women, because that's obviously not it, but to impersonate, like, this version of one. His hips aren't wide enough to be in a Cardi B music video. He can't impersonate the worst <laughs> women yet. This version of woman that everyone kind of knows is a lie, that is kind of like this... uh over-exaggerated version of a ditzy girl who doesn't understand how anything works. Like, it's it, it's a little infuriating, not because of the whole uh, transsexual thing, but just because it's annoying. It's just not interesting. You know, right. it, at least that's how it reads to me. Well, let me, um, let, me, let me give you another example of this that was done well so yeah. that we can look at the difference. Because I think the frustrating part is that if you had a bunch of women dressing up as men and pretending that they were these 
hyper macho douchebags in these action movies. Mm-hmm. It might be really funny. It there's a possibility mm-hmm. that it could yeah, be really funny. Um, let me tell you uh, about the kings of doing this. Yes, male kings. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monty Python. Monty Python sketches where they're all dressed as women are riotous. And they were making fun mostly of a very specific type of British lady. If they mm-hmm. wanted a young woman, they got a young woman. And usually a smoking young woman at that. Look, it was a different mm-hmm. time. You were allowed to have hot women on TV. But now, <laughs> now, uh, when they were wanted to make fun of these old British pensioner ladies who they're all squawking everywhere they would dress up as the most ridiculous and it was hilarious and it was probably i probably some people's pearls got clutched i'm sure some people took a little bit of offense but the joke was is that these men were zeroing in on a certain type of woman and lampooning them by dressing up as them Mm. never at one point with the possible exception possible exception Exception. of grand chapman uh which is just a deep cut if you know you know did any of these guys actually want you to believe that they were a woman at no point were we told that you had to pretend like john cleese was a woman trapped in the wrong body when he was doing that bit Mm mm-hmm I think the part that's so infuriating about this in particular uh, yeah. is that we are being told by major corporations, by mainstream news outlets, by social media, by the HR departments at every, almost every major corporation in America, mm-hmm. that you cannot belong in polite society if you don't agree that this, this Monty Python-esque lampooning of wo- womanhood is a real certified woman equal in womanhood to your wife at home right which that is so perverse that is so Mm. obscenely frustrating and Mm. we all know it's horse crap and it's not just excrement because it's such a because it's it's an obvious rejection of biology which it is it's also the addition of the idea that this is authentic womanhood. There's mm. not a single woman I know that does not know what March Madness is. At least uh, knows that it's a basketball tournament. Maybe I your do. wife. <laughs> I was like, that is the internal struggle I was having right now. I was like, but I really don't know. But, <laughs> but I guarantee you this. If yeah. you asked your wife what March Madness was... She might go, I don't know. Why do I care? Yeah, Instead of going, oh, 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 I don't know what March Madness is, but I thought it was seasonal depression because my estrogen makes me cry. Like, that that would not have happened. That's the thing, too. Like, And to be clear, estrogen does make women cry, but they just don't talk like that about it. Right. Is Dylan, like, I don't know, 25 to 35 years old? Like, is is that the age range he's in? He's heard March Madness before. Like, he's just heard the phrase. He's he knows it's not this. Also, he's and, addicted to social media and getting attention online. The boy knows what March Madness is. To to be fair, to be fair, he's getting paid, right? He's getting paid to do this, and you know, and sure, he's got to come up with skits and all that nonsense, and you know, he's getting a ton of money, and 
you know, he he's living the American dream, I guess. I don't know. It's kind of getting weird. But, but you know, he, I understand the pressure to make these videos and to do a skit and everything. But I, I think there's just, unobjectively, Dylan is not making something that is entertaining, is useful, is not offensive. Like, I don't think anything Dylan is doing in this in these Budweiser commercial, uh, Bud Light commercials, excuse me, Bud Light commercials is in any way not offensive. If you just take it at face value, um, nor do I think it's entertaining. Um, but we didn't even really get into the one with him in the bath, which is just, Oh, I would I kind would, of insane. I would rather not. Yeah. I mean, he just dances in a bath, like in a, uh, bra essentially, um, which is just weird. That bra, and, can I just say that bra has the easiest job in America? Yeah, it really does. Um, um, no no offense to poor Dylan, except all of it. Hunter, but um, I do want to be fair, though. I want to be mm, fair to Dylan. Okay. Uh, we know what it's like to do something because you're getting paid. Sure. Do you have a minute to talk about Mega Knife? <laughs> I have all the minutes. Hunter, Mega Knife is a sponsor of the show. They're the yeah. main sponsor of today's show. We're happy to have them. And I just want to say for just a moment, if you are in need of any knives or maybe a last-minute gift or, heck, a whole dang crossbow, then you need to go right now to carlpooling.com slash knife. And uh, the, there's so many things at Mega Knife that you might like. And we are, we're going to continue our tradition of having a knife of the week uh, and it's it may or may not be at all related to the content of the show, but today, th- this week, the knife of the week is the 12-inch meat cleaver chef butcher knife, stainless steel <laughs> chopper full tang kitchen knife from meganife.com. So we'll have that down wow. in the episode <laughs> description. Just may or may not be related. You you take whatever interpretation you come up with, that's your truth. But uh, I, I just wanted to share, that is the knife of the week this week. Um, Mega knife dot com well don't go there go to carlpulling.com slash knife to go to our special affiliate link you'll be helping the show you'll be helping mega knife and we all appreciate you heck yeah um, they they do great work we love them they've got cool knives and they've got knives of all kinds you can even sign up for the knife uh club and get them to pick out the knives for you have a great time all right anyway back to the show so yeah so yes he's getting paid um we all do weird stuff. The bra has the easiest job in America, um, mm-hmm. even easier than Colin Kaepernick. Bro. <laughs> Did you know the NFL is racist and it's basically slave trade? Dude, I'm Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> I, I could care less about that now it, in light of him calling his adoptive parents racist like multiple times on podcasts. It's just it's like, insane. if anybody deserved to be left in the back corner of the orphanage, it was you, man. Um, mm-hmm. Not saying that anyone does, but you're first on my list. Heck yeah. Uh, yeah, just utterly bizarre. So, okay, so Dylan Mulvaney, he does this, he does this weird ad. He does this, this bathroom scene, drinking Bud Light in the bathtub. Um, not recommended. Uh and and of course it's annoying because he's he's making a mockery of what womanhood is. But let me tell you another reason that it seems annoying to me, Hunter. 
And mm-hmm. I think I think this is kind of as we transition the conversation here to the response. This yeah. gets to the heart of Anheuser Busch's out of touchness with this ad. And we've talked mm-hmm. about this a little bit before. But the people that are buying Bud Light are not people that let, let me if you ask the typical Bud Light drinker what they thought about the trans rights issue, they'd probably say something like this. Uh, I think it's weird and it's not for right. me, but do what you want to do and just leave me out of it. Yeah, and probably don't touch kids. Yeah, and probably don't touch kids. But having mm. this forced down your throat at every available turn, that is that's highly annoying to them because now it's it's not take it or leave it, do what you want, just you do your thing, I'll do my thing. It's like, no, actually, your thing is my thing now. And that annoys people, I think. And many people, I believe, were willing to give Bud Light the benefit of the doubt until mm-hmm. this clip started circulating. So this is Alyssa. I There's so many vowel. There's so many E's next to I's in this name. I don't even know what to do with it. I'm just going to call her Heider Schneider. Which is not correct, but it's close enough, and who cares? But Alyssa, she's a <laughs> she's a marketing VP, I believe. I believe she's a marketing VP at Budweiser, and she put out this statement on a podcast just a couple weeks ago. Here it is. So I had this super clear mandate. It's like we mm-hmm. need to evolve and elevate this incredibly iconic brand. What does evolve and elevate mean? It means inclusivity. It means shifting the tone. We had this hangover. I mean, Bud Light had been kind of a brand of fratty, kind of out of touch humor. And it was really important that we had another approach. Okay. So she is therefore clearly saying that Bud Light needs to transition from its normal offerings, its normal marketing, into a a more evolved approach. And she says that it is it's fratty, which is mm-hmm. getting into this. I mean, that is especially in American parlance, demonstrably masculine. Mm-hmm. So she's she's taking a pot shot there at the mostly men who drink Bud Light. And that it is that statement that started circulating where people started going, okay, this is not an accident. This is by design. This is the priorities right. of this company. And now, now that I know that this isn't a one-off fluke, that this is how you guys feel internally, now you can get completely bent around the axle. Mm. So, and also, I just want to say about that clip, when she, that little sarcastic laugh, when she said it has this fratty and and fratty humor, and she's like, so obviously that needed to change, because it's because why? Because because it offends your personal sensibilities. Okay, mm. well, guess what? It, this is very much like Star Wars Episode Eight. Your audience is your audience because your product is your product. So instead of trying to change them. If you're no longer interested, then make something for somebody else. But don't blame people who engage with your product for being who they are. You are the common denominator in that market, sister. So why don't we why don't we not hold 
in contempt those that keep us afloat with their dollars. How about that? A little humility might go a certain way here. You know, this is one of the things that I find so interesting about Coca-Cola. Um, and the contrast between what Anheuser-Busch is doing um, and what Coca-Cola does here is just strange. Go onto YouTube, type in Coke commercial, then type in Sprite commercial. You're going to be, you're going to feast on just some incredible, strange corporate culture that is around these two brands. Um, the Coke commercial is going to be acoustic guitars. It's going to be family getting around some kind of like meal together, or it's going to be like someone in high school, you know, talking to their date. Um, with a Sprite commercial, you may see a rapper like having Sprite explode through his skin as he uh, <laughs> sings one of his new songs. And like, what, I, there was what, that what, awesome Sprite commercial from a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say a couple, probably like a decade now. I'm about to die. Um, right. Where the the guys are going to the the court and they step on the court and it's us it's a pool filled with sprite and they're oh, all yeah. like playing basketball under what well, you can't say underwater but under sprite it's sick <laughs> yeah but I mean like this is the thing uh, sprite realizes who drinks sprite and Coke realizes who drinks Coke and they market to those demographics because those are the people who do that. But here's the thing that's also really cool about Coca-Cola, or interesting about Coca-Cola. They are constantly reinventing the way people, the uh, soft drinks. Um, Coca-Cola Zero, right, is hugely popular, and all it is is it's Coke with the sugar and the uh, the sugar and the calories taken out of it, right? Um, a couple years ago, me and my wife used to drink this brand all the time. Was the Coca-Cola Life? It was half the calories and had a natural sweetener in it. Um, you, you Even now, if you go to the stores, you'll see these pink bottles of Coke, and it's actually Coca-Cola with a cotton candy flavor. Constantly, Coca-Cola is trying to make a new drink that you want to engage to increase market share and to grow their brands. And sometimes those experiments turn into nothing, and sometimes they turn into Coke Zeros, and they explode. Literally just every, every guy you know who's under 40 drinks Coke Zero, right? essentially um why as the bud light company do you go hey this brand is failing how can we completely stick it to the people that are buying our drink right now and not do something new for a new demographic yeah it makes no sense and i'm not i'm not even getting into the moral side of it you could have like regular bud like like a regular budweiser Okay, mm-hmm. and then you could have Bud Light for the young folks who are, you know, professionals going out after work and yep. or staying at home jobless, smoking heroin and beating their wives. And then you could have Bud Anorexic for Dylan Mulvaney. <laughs> but, but yeah, like, you can create different brands. You can create different ways to sell your product. But they do the least creative thing, which is how can we change the way we message about our product so that it's popular online. That's what these people do. And one thing that you can see about this too is this new VP. I mean, one of the things that was just, you know, she was much lauded for is she was a marketing VP going into work for one of the largest beer companies. There never been a lady VP, a lady marketing VP in a large beer company. Um, uh oh. 
<laughs> Sorry, glass ceiling. We gotta put you back together. <laughs> but, but, but you get no, what I'm she, trying to. She s- will never lose her job, in my opinion. She she can't. She absolutely cannot. Right? Because they they understand what that would cost uh, the company itself. But the thing that's so interesting and weird about her is like she comes to this company, and the number one thing she wants to do is what she learned to do at the Ivy League school she graduated from, or the high-end university she graduated from where she got her MBA. Let's make this woke. Let's do what we do online. Let's make this popular with Gen Z. Let's make this popular with millennials. And let's get them to drink our product because we will say the messages they agree with. Guess what? That's not who drinks what you sell. That's right. That's it. Well, And And, and Gen Z, they're not even drinking beer. I mean, millennials, we grew up and some of us got became alcoholics and then got depressed. <laughs> Gen Z's already <laughs> depressed. So what do they need Bud yeah. Light for? It's You're barking up the any. wrong tree. Yeah, yeah. And you know, one of the things too that came out were like these pictures of her from her college parties and stuff. And it's like, did yeah, you think that, I saw some did you of think that. This, did you think to scrub that at least? Like it, here's here's what it is. It's and this rules is what for all thee the, and not for me. Here's what it is, and it and it's the same pattern with all these people. It's disingenuous, right? It doesn't, you don't, you are saying the platitude to get ahead. That is what everybody who goes through these programs says they have to do, right? Not everybody, but you get what I'm saying. You just say what the people want so you can graduate, right? You learn the language so that you can pass, you can get you the, the, uh, the passing grade on the test, right? Right. And it's sickening. And you can see how it's playing out in the market right now for Bud Light. Um, did you see they lost like what was it seven billion dollars in their share price? Uh, some of that. Uh, hey, Hunter, you're, most, out of, some... you're out of date there. Oh, really? Okay, help yeah, me out. Yeah, I'm gonna fact check you in real time. Okay. So, since the fear over partnership with Mulvaney, stock price saw a decline in that value of over three billion, with a market cap on April 10th of 130.8 billion. That figure has continued to decline since then, and as of 8 a.m. Eastern Time on Thursday, that being last Thursday, the company had a market cap of $110.6 billion, which would represent a fall of around $24 billion in 13 days. That's from Newsweek.com. So they are getting slaughtered right here. Now, Newsweek, in their typical mainstream media mewling way, goes on to try and make excuses and say, well, the stock price was coming down anyway, so this isn't because trans people, this is, this is, everything's great. Nothing's, nothing's happening. Don't look. And so it's, it's uh, pretty clear that that is not the case. Um, And if you look at, you know, timelines that go further than a few moments, it's pretty clear. A stock price is what represents the value that your company has in the future. That what people think your company has in the future, right? When country music stars are destroying your cans on stage, the value of your company is going down. Yeah. Right? Like when when, when they take your beer and they shoot it with guns... There's not there's not a lot of hope. Like, I'm sorry. And why are they doing that? Is it because it tastes bad? No, they would drink it anyway. Well, Hunter, <laughs> right? to be clear, uh, it it does taste bad. Oh, I know. To be clear. Uh, I, also <laughs> just, I also just want to say, did you see the, the best rendition of people people dispensing with their Bud Light collections was uh, was by far. Oh, man, his name is 
leaving me the one-eyed senator hardcore oh yeah 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 dan crenshaw, dan crenshaw. yeah he yeah. went out to his fridge or whatever yeah he's like well now i've seen the news i gotta get rid of all my bud light and he opens up his beer fridge and there's all you know actual beers in there yeah. yeah and he goes oh well, that was easy <laughs> i was like yeah that was choice man um yeah so anyhow th- so here's here's the takeaway and you've seen a bunch of pictures online too of like liquor stores where all their beers are sold out except for the bud light and the the budweiser like because people are just you're guilty by association there's been also numerous reports from bars all around america from distributors all around america saying that basically nobody's drinking this stuff anymore which is great and i say that to say it's because we need to keep this up now i am not a bud light customer I don't think you're a Bud Light customer either, Hunter. But for those of you who have been, stop. It's done. We we have got to put our foot down. And I know that in general, the conservative movement isn't a boycotting movement because we usually think, well, why do I care what you believe if your product is good? And we're very libertarian on that point. Let me tell you this. If companies that market specifically to people like us, the typical God, guns, beer, America conservative, start turning their backs on us, who is left? Who's left? If if that's how far the culture war has gone, then we are already done. We have to do what we can to bring these folks back from this particular brink. And so... This is, this is, yeah, are we ever going to be able, like, what's, what's a leftist company, like Crunchyroll? We're never going to be able to boycott Crunchyroll because all the soy boy sad kids are liberal that watch anime, okay? But, but, if... I'm just dealing with that right now, how true that is. I know. So, that boycott's never going to work. This one can, and we need to flex our muscles. We have got to stop playing so nice. And I think it's a good thing that this is happening to Budweiser right now. And we we have to remind companies that they are not allowed to treat conservatives like this, that we are still a purchasing power in the United States. This is why this is an effective boycott. You might go to your bar and pick up the next beer instead of the Bud Light, and they might support something worse than Dylan Mulvaney. Okay, fair. It's not about that. It's about saying to Bud Light, hey, you're going to promote these values. You're going to promote this person who's famous for uh, promoting this social contagion. We're going to give you, we're going to deck you across the face and you're going to feel it. And guess what? Because you're a giant corporation, everybody's going to know that we did this to Bud Light. Right? Yeah. That that makes everybody think twice about what they say on this issue. It makes it everybody reevaluate what they say in the in the in the it makes companies reevaluate their bottom lines on this issue. Right. Do we actually want to publicly hold this stance? And, and think well, about this too. Dylan Mulvaney has a platform on TikTok, which is an application for children, by the way. Mm, and uh, yeah. uh, by, by the way, also, I know this is going to offend some of my friends. You know, I love you guys. But if you're an adult on TikTok, talk, delete it grow up it is it is it is a a (laughs) application for children um and you look you just look at its user base it's all children but uh and by all i'm saying virtually all by statistics it's all children Mm -hmm. uh 
when you because there's some people out there i know that are so stupid that they're going it's not all children i'm on it and then it's like oh but it still might be you might have you might have kicked that one right around your own goal there brazil uh teletubbies (laughs) isn't for kids i watch it yeah exactly Uh, (laughs) and i'm super cool now mommy milkies now um (laughs) so but but this is a person who is promoting the benefits of carving up one's face, taking mm-hmm. unnatural hormones that make you sterile, and through certain connections, chopping off your own genitals with a meat cleaver, uh, carpooling.com slash knife, to promote, to promote the, their, their brand and to make their dollars and cents in front of the children. This does affect social contagion. And now let me ask you this question. What company in America with widestream nonpartisan appeal, let's say, wants to touch Dylan Mulvaney with a 10-foot pole right now? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, like Budweiser is getting slaughtered. Slaughtered. You think anybody wants to touch Dylan Mulvaney? Here's the answer to that question. Not even Budweiser wants to touch Dylan Mulvaney. And it's obvious for two reasons. One, they just put out the most red meat and guns ad that they've ever put out in the past, I don't know, 15 years at least, for Bud Light. This um, this beard country, there was a country one time, once one day, there was a country, and the country was an alcoholic. Bud Light. Like, it, that's what the commercial reads. It's insane. And also, wow. we have this little note from Brendan Whitworth, CEO of Anheuser-Busch. I'd like to read it to you now in its entirety. Now, what I'm about to read to you, is it a mewling piece of refuse? Yes. Is it a limp-wristed garbage fire? Yes. Is it Dylan Mulvaney-esque weakness of spine that comes through from old Whitworth in this in this particular missive? Absolutely. You have all of that right. However, there is a chink in the armor here where the knife has been slipped in. And although they won't cry uncle just yet because to do so would be, let's say, suicide from the screaming blue-haired poisonous harpies that frequent Twitter that scream about how every single time they stub their toe, their coffee table is racist. Yes, he can't come out and say it, but this mewling pathetic drivel also highlights and elucidates the fact that they are scared to death of you as the ceo of a company founded in america's heartland appeal to appeal to the heartland more than 165 years ago i am responsible for ensuring every customer feels proud of the beer we brew we're honored to be part of the fabric of this country fabric of this country when's the last time you've heard somebody on the left talk about the fabric of the country and now when's the last time you've heard the right side talk about the fabric of the country you can't ben shapiro and matt walsh won't shut up about the fabric of the country and here we have this allusion to the fabric of the country anheuser-busch employs more than eighteen thousand people and our independent distributors employ an additional forty-seven thousand valued colleagues we have thousands of partners millions of fans and a proud history supporting our communities military first responders which is the police by the way sports fans and hard-working 
Read Blue Collar, Americans Everywhere. We never intended to be part of a discussion that divides people. We are in the business of bringing people <laughs> together over a beer. All right, pathetic, mewling, drivel, but scared to death, pissing in his corporate panties right here. My yep. time serving this company taught me the importance of accountability and the values upon which America was founded. Excuse me. Do you hear this guy? 30 seconds ago, you're I can't paying. how racist he is. You're paying a dickless dude money so that he'll shill your beer in a fake bra in a bathtub. And now you're talking about the founding principles of America? You pathetic, muling coward. Freedom, hard work, and respect for one another. As CEO of Anheuser-Busch, I am focused on building and protecting our remarkable history and heritage. Yeah. Okay. Very woke. History and heritage. I care deeply about this country first, this company, our brands, and our partners. I spend much of my time traveling across America listening to and learning from our customers, distributors, and others. Moving forward, I will continue to work tirelessly to bring great beers to consumers across our nation. CEO Brendan Whitworth. All right. So, what's the what should he do? He should disavow Dylan Mulvaney, obviously, and say, "I'm sorry for putting this material into your homes." He can't do that. But you read that letter and you listen to the illusions he's making and the values he's describing. This is a man that's terrified to death of the right. And when is the last time that you've seen any entity afraid of the right? It's been a long time. It's been a long time. But here he goes through this praising our founding principles, praising freedom, hard work, which is racist, mm-hmm. by the way. First responders according and the military. According to the Smithsonian. According to the Smithsonian, hard work is racist. Yeah, not, well, not It's for white people. And you yeah. might look at history and go, well, obviously. But um, it's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> but honestly, um, the Native Americans could have invented, like, I don't know, getting on the horse instead of eating it. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, I, so, you know what? So, this is, this is great. You know, hey, take that CEO. You know, you want to you want to say something about this. Well, guess what? Now you're going to pay for it. You know, that that's that's the only thing that speaks to CEOs. Right. It's the only thing that speaks to companies is the bottom line. That's why with Donald Trump Jr. and the Republican National Committee did is so disgraceful because they decided that this was the wrong fight, that we are being a bit too mean. And that the negative ads we are running about Bud Light needed to stop. What spineless, like, morons do you have to be? You're winning. You're absolutely winning. You're getting done what you want to get done. Oh. Oh, they donate to the RNC. Oh. Shills. Shills. It's all it is. And so, you know what? This is what you have to do. You have to make the RNC pay for this too. Yep. yep. You've got to make them realize that, hey, if you send people to Congress that are going to promote stuff like this, that are not going to uphold this value, they're going to cave to donors on this issue. We're not sending you another dime. And we're going to destroy the companies that are paying you. That's the game. If that's if they're if that's what they want to do, if they do they, they not want to enact look, this. This this is your own little parlor. Only you took 
shots at David and we're shooting Goliath. That's the only difference. But, That's the difference. But you can do it to Parler and we'll do it to Anheuser Busch. And and by the way, just think just remember when you're not sure if you have the ability to make a political difference, remember that when the left all agitates and militates against a single objective, they're big enough to take down Parler. But when we do, we can take down a 165-year-old beer company born in the heartland of America. It got sold to the Belgians, so obviously surrender is a faster option with that crowd. But regardless, it's, it's still – look, they're known, for a, they're known for a naked little boy statue and waffles. This is suddenly making way more sense. Actually, they're, have you heard about the trench systems they built? The, the trench system? We, we don't have time, but okay. Google it. It's beautiful. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Anyhow, yeah. And I saw the video with Trump of Jr. Of the trench system. I, oh, never mind. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, also, I just want to be clear for our uh, uncultured moron listeners out there when i'm talking about a naked boy it's the mannequin du peace which is in brussels it's a small statue it's a fountain of a boy taking a leak it's actually hilarious if not a little strange that there's so many tourists going around to see a statue of a naked young boy um yeah but very european in that regard yeah uh anyhow actually he's a pian but you know what oh my lord you <laughs> did it you've done it I can't, I can't believe you've done this <laughs> Listen, but yeah, you saw the video of Don Jr. and and thought, I think I think he's a mewling fool. I think he's a coward. Mm-hmm. That we we Republicans. Let me put it this way: Liberals Love are addicted to, to being victims, and Republicans are addicted to making them a victim of themselves. We mm-hmm. we are high on snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. Mm-hmm. So, I, I'm disappointed in their behavior. But you know what? I don't look for my my moral leadership in uh, in my political class anyway. Uh, I look for it in my fellow Americans, my fellow conservatives, because it's conservatives that remember that the government isn't a sugar daddy who doles out money to you, provided that you're enough of a political whore. The government is our enemy to be checked at every turn and questioned at every turn to be suspected and investigated and interrogated at every single event. And that's on all sides of the aisle. And so it's those same vanguards that are checking Anheuser-Busch right now who I have the greatest faith in. And I'm glad to see that we're mobilizing together and marching in the same direction on this. And I'm encouraged by how much power we've been able to bring to bear don't let any charlatan in washington and any donation dissuade you from that ideal there is truth there is beauty and the idea that biology is not a reality is not in either of those categories and god bless dylan mulvaney he's obviously a sad sick little man but i i hope that he finds what is true about himself and what is truly redeeming. But that being said, we as a, as a culture, we as a society, we as a country cannot afford to engage in his same delusion. So I'm, I'm disappointed as per our usual arrangement with our politicians, but uh, emboldened and pleased with my fellow Americans on days like today. So 
That's yeah. that. That's that. Um, you know what? Drink water. <laughs> For real, though. We could do a whole show on just, you know... Go outside, touch grass, and drink some water. Yeah. Uh, It's good for you, and beer is not great for you. That's right. Uh, Well, Who who needs livers? Guys, that's going to be it for Carl Pooling this week. Thank you for listening, and remember to like and subscribe. Please, that actually does make a huge difference, and we appreciate every single one of those. Please like and subscribe. Leave us a rating and a review on either... Uh, either Apple or Spotify, Google Podcasts, and newly Amazon Podcasts. We've oh, recently yeah. released there, so that might be fun for you. And follow us on all of our socials at Carl Pooling. I'm at Chris X Carl. He's at Emotional Carl. And you can also go and check the links in our description to get directly to the knife of the week, the 12-inch meat cleaver. Listen, think about it. Think about helping us out. Think about helping meganife.com out. And and finally, we want to hear from you. If you've got a suggestion for a, a topic that we could discuss, a show, whether it's art, religion, science, philosophy, politics, we'd love to hear it we've got a really cool episode coming up sometime soon uh about some some classic literature and i'm pretty excited about that so maybe for those of you that need a break from politics politics that could be a little a little sweet treat listen if you wake up and you're sitting in the middle of your bed and you are in a haze your head your head's pounding you look up and there's crushed blue cans all over your room you might be a tramp and you should get tested. <laughs> <laughs>